Welcome to the December 6th marketing articles of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. Thanks for joining us here on Angus Beef Bulletin Audio. I'm Shauna Hermel, your editor. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the stories in our December newsletter. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know at abbeditorial at angus.org. Now let's get started with the three stories in this section. First up, a story by Steiner Consulting Group on the implications of high rate of female cattle slaughter. Analysts estimate January cow inventory down by 2.4%, smaller calf crop next year, and less supply for three years. Official slaughter statistics for the month of October were published the week of Thanksgiving. The data confirmed what we had gleaned from the weekly figures. Cattle numbers are big, for now, while hog slaughter remains under a year ago and will get smaller. We will focus on cattle today. Female cattle slaughter, in other words, heifer and cow slaughter, remains huge and a big contributor to the year-over-year increase in overall slaughter. In October, commercial cattle slaughter was estimated at 2.9 million head, up 52,000 head, or 1.8%, from a year ago. In the last three months, August through October, cattle slaughter was up almost 350,000 head, or 4.1%, compared to a year ago. The increase in slaughter has been mostly driven by more female cattle, be this heifers or cows, coming to market. All year we have noted the effects drought conditions and high feed costs have had on producer marketing decisions, and that trend has persisted through the fall. Heifer slaughter in October was 36,000 head, or 4.1% higher than a year ago. In the last three months, heifer slaughter increased by 193,000 head, accounting for 55% of the overall increase in slaughter. Cow slaughter in October was 602,800 head overall, up 32,400 head, or 5.7% higher than a year ago. The increase was due to more beef cows coming to market, up 35,800 head, or 11.4% while dairy cow slaughter was lower than a year ago. In the last three months, total cattle slaughter was up 93,000 head, or 5.5% year over year. The increase in female cattle slaughter has accounted for about 82% of the overall increase in cattle numbers in the last three months. We often look at the ratio of female cattle slaughter versus total slaughter as a key indicator as to whether the industry is expanding or contracting. Month to month, the ratio will move around due to seasonal factors, so it makes sense to run a 12-month moving average to discern the trend. In October, the 12-month moving average of the female slaughter ratio hit 50%. The last time that 12-month average ratio got to 50% was in the 1970s. The high ratio has significant implications for the cow herd at the start of 2023 and beef supplies for the next few years. Figure 2 shows the relationship between the female slaughter ratio for the 12 months ending in October versus the cow herd on January 1 the following year. As expected, the relationship is relatively strong and it has a downward slope. In other words, 
The cow herd will decline from one year to the next if female slaughter represents a larger share of the total slaughter. Based on the calculations of the last 30 years, we could see the January cow inventory down by 2.4% from the previous year. The July 1 cow inventory was down 2% from the previous year, and the ongoing high rate of beef cow slaughter and low heifer retention implies an even bigger decline in the cow herd when 2023 rolls around. That all but assures a smaller calf crop next year and less supply for the next three years. It is important to recognize that the shortfall in future production will be a result not just of the smaller calf crop, but also when producers decide feeder cattle prices offer enough of a return for them to start holding back heifers. It will be the combination of the smaller calf crop and higher heifer retention that will affect the future shortfall in production. As an editor's note, this article is reprinted with permission from the November 25, 2022 Daily Livestock Report published by the Steiner Consulting Group, DLR Division. You can find the graphs that go along with this article online at angusbeefbulletin.com extra. Our second article recaps the Capturing Value session hosted at the National Angus Convention by uh, the Angus Link Team. The title is Capturing Value, Genetics Drive Conversation for Profitability of Commercial Cattlemen by Whitney Whitaker of the American Angus Association. Commercial cattlemen are challenged by cost of gain increases, saturation of the market with black-hided cattle, and tight supplies. How can they stay profitable? Panelist of Angus Link's Capturing Value session hosted November 5th during the 2002 Angus Convention in Salt Lake City, Utah, addressed that question. Troy Marshall, Director of Commercial Industry Relations for the American Angus Association, moderated the panel consisting of Terrell Ostrom, Livestock Broker, Jordan Willis, Cow-Calf Producer, Joe Goggins, Angus Breeder and Auctioneer, and Jed Keneally, Angus Breeder and Cattle Marketer. Each panelist actively engages with the cow-calf producers, but also has a hand in other sectors of the industry. Regardless of position, panelists talked optimistically about the future, especially when discussing ways to earn more dollars for their calves. There are plenty of programs and opportunities, said Ostrom. I think there is a pile of opportunity, Keneally agreed, and the gap between good cattle and bad cattle gets wider all the time. Genetics are key. For those focused on raising good cattle, panelists shared ways those producers could earn more. For many of them, genetics were key. The number one thing to consider, said Goggins, is buying good bulls with genetic value. Those invested in the feeding industry we know the people who buy good bulls, he explained. We know the people who have watched their P's and Q's as far as not only carcass, but performance and fertility and everything. Keneally said he takes those superior genetics and quantifies them through the Angus Genetic Merit Scorecard. Understanding exactly what kind of bulls those producers bought and how those cattle are geared, it's easy to make a connection and know where cattle would fit best, he explained. We work pretty closely with customers. 
so I don't know who else would be better versed to match cattle to buyers than the genetic guy in the equation, said Keneally. Willis said commercial producers have opportunities to capture more value if they start thinking about marketing. He stressed that marketing is what sets them apart on sale day. I think as cow-calf producers, we must put our marketing caps on, said Willis. We work our tails off every day doing the daily jobs, but when it comes to marketing, I think we fall short. Cow-calf producers need to find the right seed stock producer and build a relationship with them. Seed stock providers need to know what works and what we need in our operations, said Willis. Keneally advised producers to get behind a seed stock program that already aligns with their goals to help build consistency in their operation. Ostrom added that he purchases program cattle because of their consistency. The most predictable cattle I buy on an annual basis are cattle who have tied to a program year after year after year and are taking some advice and some counsel from the seed stock producer, said Ostrom. Flipping the script, seed stock producers can communicate with their seed stock producers can communicate with their customers to build relationships and help them be successful. One step can be helping their customers interpret the important data needed for bull buyers to make better decisions based on their environment and situation, said Ostrom. People buy people they like, know, and trust, said Goggins. We all work in the agricultural business, but we are also in the people business. Through genetics and marketing programs, the panel shared several tactics and thought processes commercial cattlemen can use to grow their operation. At the end of the day, getting better might mean doing something new. Let's get out of that paradigm and dare to do something no matter what part of the world you're in, said Ostrom. Look at those different opportunities and dare to do something different. For news about the Angus Convention, visit www.angus.org. As an editor's note, Whitney Whitaker is a communication specialist for the American Angus Association. Our third article on the marketing page considers the value of gain on winter backgrounded cattle. Author Elliot Dennis of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln compares different feeding scenarios. Cumulative national feeder and stocker cattle receipts are slightly lagging in both 2021 and the five-year average of 2017 to 2021 at 12,098,700 head through October 21, 2022. In 2022, more of the receipts are coming from cattle weighing less than 600 pounds and heifers, both are signals the drought in various parts of the United States is affecting feeder cattle and stocker cattle being sold. Cow-calf producers who still have calves are in the process of deciding whether to sell or retain weaned calves. This decision must consider both the cost to put on the additional weight, the total amount, quality, cost to feed resources, etc., and the expected price received when cattle are sold at higher weights at current and future basis-adjusted prices. The difference between these two is profit, but only on the additional weight gained. 
Positive values indicate profits could be made by retaining feeder cattle this fall. Survey work from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln indicates producers can use a combination of price risk management and different links in their production system as a hedge against adverse price movements. Putting on weight during the winter and selling in March to April or selling in the late summer are the two common backgrounding production systems in Nebraska. Within these two systems, total weight gain can be influenced by the type of feed given. Table 1 shows group-level trial data for these two types of systems in Nebraska. Gain can either be fast or slow in either the winter 2022-23 stocking and summer 2023 grazing seasons. These decisions affect the total weight gained at each phase and thus the time and weight feeder cattle enter feedlots. The value of gain for the two wintering scenarios, slow versus fast, is calculated using 66 head of 525 pound wean steers bought November 2, 2022 and sold in Lexington, Nebraska March 9, 2023 using beef basis. The value of gain for the slow winter performance using an average daily gain of 0.8 pounds per day is $198.96 per hundredweight. The value of gain for the fast winter performance using an average daily gain of 2.05 pounds per day is $137.45 per hundredweight. Within each of these production systems, there is little advantage of speeding up or slowing down the cattle since the value of gain does not vary substantially between the two weeks before or after the proposed sale, data, sale date, as outlined in Table 2. These calculations are specific to cattle sold in Lexington, Nebraska, and producers making decisions about whether to retain cattle should recalculate the value of gain for their location using tools such as those available at Beef Basis. The article provides a hot link to that website. Similarly, these values are for current prices and historical basis. Under no price risk management, the actual price received will differ. If price risk management tools such as CME futures or options or risk management agency livestock risk protection are used, producers reduce some of this risk by locking in an output price, but they are still subject to basis risk. Producers who retain cattle during the winter should recalculate the value of gain for cattle in the spring as they come off corn stalks or winter grazing to determine if the market is still willing to pay them to put yet on yet additional weight. As an editor's note, this article was first published in the Cattle Markets on October 31, 2022. To listen to a companion Nebraska Farmcast podcast, visit https colon forward slash slash bitly slash abbx hyphen vog. And of course, you can hotlink directly from the article, which would make it a lot simpler. Um, please visit the article on the marketing page of angusbeefbulletin.com extra to see those two tables that help explain the content of this article.
Well, those are the three articles on our marketing page for this December 6th edition of the Angus Bee Fulleton Extra. Again, if you have any comments or suggestions, please email us at abbeditorial at angus.org. We'd love to hear from you.